The following presentation was recorded at the Buddhist Society of Victoria, Malvern East, Australia. Please visit our website at bsv.net.au. Okay, good evening everyone. Nice to see a few people here. Come inside, it's nice and warm in here. It's good. A few new people tonight. Never been here before? Oh, nice, nice. How did you find out about this tonight? Mm. Coming here for a while? Okay, nice, nice, nice. Um, is it anybody that's... Have you done meditation before? Or? Okay, good, good, good. Anybody here that is brand new to meditation? No, that's good. I can... I can give you the hard stuff then. I can. I don't have to. <laughs> don't have to. I just say lowball it tonight. And we can go the hard stuff tonight. It's good. Uh, just for anybody that doesn't know, my name is Ajahn Sadro. I currently reside here at the BSV. I've been here for over a year now, so it's. Uh, I like it a lot, so it's good. I'm staying here. <laughs> very good. Um, yeah, I, there's no need for too much preamble, I don't think. Uh, and there's no announcements, is there, Ignacio? Okay. No? Not as far as you know? Jinta, do you know if there's anything? Yeah. Hello, everyone. I'm Jinta. Uh, the only announcement I have is uh, about the meditation day that we have on Saturday, coming on Saturday, which is the 4th of uh, June. And it will start at 8.30 in the morning and finish by 4.30. It's a structured day. Please bring your lunch if you're attending. Anyone is free to attend. Thank you. Just as a caveat to that, that it'll be a... Uh, day of silent meditation, so you come and you don't speak for most of the day. Uh, we'll also keep your phones, keep your phones away. It'll be a, what do you call it, what do you call it? A digital detox day as well. So anybody that's looking to, looking to actually get a bit of time away from their phones, probably a good thing as well. Do some meditation as well. Um, the other thing as well, uh, just for uh, anybody that is new to meditation, we're actually running a new Friday night session. We've been running it for a little while, um, but the format is going to change a little bit. I'm going to be running uh, fortnightly learn meditation sessions, and they'll be essentially they'll be building on each other. So you'll learn sort of the very basics of meditation at the start, and we'll sort of build on it over over the course of a few weeks. So the the actual method and the technique gets a little bit more, uh, a bit more in depth. Uh, the times get a little bit longer. So anybody that's new to meditation and wants to learn, they can also come on a Friday night. Uh, also, we'll be doing a introduction to Buddhist thought and Buddhist practice as well on uh, every fortnight, as well as the corresponding fortnight to the learn meditation. And we'll go through some of the basics of Buddhism, and that'll go over a few weeks as well. So. Anybody that's interested in hearing me prattle on 
about the basics of Buddhism, you're more than welcome to come. And if you want to learn some different kinds of meditation techniques, you're more than welcome to come as well. So with all that, we'll, we can get into the meditation now. So if we can just find a comfortable seat. Whether that's on the floor or sitting in a chair, doesn't matter. The main thing is to try to keep the body nice and straight, keep the back straight. Helps with alertness. As we start, we can take a few deep breaths just to relax and settle in to the posture. Feel the movement of the breath come in and relax our whole being. Any tension that might be in the body, we can just let this go now. And as we set ourselves up for a period of meditation, and just take a few moments to think about how we got here. We have come and could be carrying around some sort of baggage, some thoughts or some problems from the day, or thoughts that you may, things that you may want to do later or tomorrow or later in the week. Whatever these concerns or problems or ideas are, we can just make the determination just to put them aside for now. There's no need to think about these things. Right now, there's nothing to do. There's nowhere to go. All we have to do at the moment is just try to relax and be at ease. And as we start, just simply notice the feeling of the body sitting here in this position. 
take notice of the different sensations feeling of pressure as the body touches against the chair the different feelings of tingling and vibration in your hands and maybe feet Notice the feeling of your clothes against the skin. The temperature in the room. You can even notice the movement of the body as the breath comes in and goes out and the slight adjustments your body makes as it settles into its seat as we move our awareness through the body just notice if there's any tension or tightness anywhere in the shoulders, in the jaw, in the brow, in the neck. And if you do notice any tension there, just try to relax and let that tension go. Move our awareness up and down the body from the top of the head, down through the face, chest and back and down the arms the hands, all the way down the legs to the feet. Just move your attention up and down, noticing the sensations, whether they're pleasant sensations or painful sensations or neutral sensations. Just notice them for what they are. Simply a changing phenomena.
And as we start to calm down and settle into place, we can begin to place our awareness and the feeling of the breath coming in and going out. You can notice it at the tip of the nose or in the chest or in the abdomen. Remain aware of this very natural process.
there's nothing special you need to do or change. Just merely keep your awareness in this one spot. The feeling of the breath coming in and going out. If the mind does wander off from this spot, it's no need to feel discouraged. To simply guide your awareness back to this place. We can use this placing of attention on this spot, on the breath, as our anchor. If the mind does drift away, the anchor ensures that it doesn't, the boat doesn't drift too far. Whenever you feel like you have drifted off, just simply come back to this central point where the anchor is.
Try to refine your awareness. Pay even closer attention to the raw sensations of the breath coming in and going out. Try to settle into an even greater stillness on this point of awareness where we watch the breath. Again, if the mind wanders off, to simply guide it back to this point. You can rest and relax in this spot. Just like we've cast our anchor down, we're simply resting on the boat, watching the waves come and go and rock back and forth. And just stay on this spot as the breath moves in and out.
as you sit and watch the breath. You'll no doubt notice the thoughts that keep arising, the running commentary. Continual questions and comments that just keep coming. They tell you how you're feeling, or comment that you're starting to feel calm, or feeling bored. There's a constant stream of language and images that arises. Try to examine this running narrative. What are these thoughts? Where do they come from? Where do they go? This inner voice has so much power over our lives. But what is it? Where does this inner voice come from? Who's controlling it? Is this inner voice? Is this what you are?
Or is it simply just language that arises randomly out of nowhere? and disappears into nothingness.
last few minutes of the meditation, we can change track now and try to bring to mind somebody in your life and you're very close to and who holds a special place in your heart. Might be a parent, might be a child, someone who you share a close bond with. And try to bring a time to mind with that person where you shared a very deep and profound connection of care. Might have been when you held your child for the first time. Might have been when you held somebody's hand when they were ill, trying to bring to mind this situation with this person, bring to mind the feeling that you experienced of connection or love. or boundless kindness that you had towards them. As that memory develops, let that feeling fill up your heart. And fill up your whole being. Try to sink deeper and deeper into this emotion of love and care towards them. And even try to let it radiate out from you. And you can direct thoughts towards this person. May they always be well. 
May they always be safe. May they always be happy. May they be free from any ill will or suffering. this feeling of deep connection and love and kindness you have, try to direct this towards somebody else in your life who you care for, could be another family member could be a close friend. This person, you also want to feel this connection and kindness and compassion towards. So as this emotion fills your body, you can think towards this person, may they always be well and safe. May I always have goodwill towards them. May they always be at ease. May their life be meaningful and purposeful. And as you allow this feeling to grow and radiate out of you, try to bring to mind anybody in your life that's helped you or assisted you or cared for you or helped you in any way. Whether you were aware that they did this, or you were unaware that they helped you. And this feeling of deep connection and compassion 
Try to radiate this towards all these beings that have helped you. Try to recollect that your life is better because of them. You're happier in some way because of these other people. This feeling of compassion and kindness towards them. See if you can also deeply and sincerely and truly thank them and feel gratitude towards them. These feelings of connection, love and kindness, compassion and gratitude. These are within us. We just have to know where to look. We know we have these because we've felt them before. And this shows that we ourselves are good people. So this kindness and compassion and connectedness and love and gratitude try to carry that with us wherever we go and whoever we come in contact with. Now, and when we go home, and when we start the day tomorrow, try to carry this feeling with you.
So how was that for everyone? Did you find that? It's okay? Good? Okay. Follow along with the instructions, okay? Any confusions? Boredom? Questions? Misunderstandings? Anybody has any questions now? They can, they're more than okay to ask. Just sort of yell them out to me if you want. We do have one online question, Arjun. That'll get the ball rolling. Um, how to understand the concept of non-self in meditation and how to incorporate it into my practice? Thank you. Um, so, just for anybody that maybe doesn't know or, any, or isn't familiar with it, it uh, a core Buddhist concept that we're trying to understand and we're trying to uh, move towards having greater clarity around realizing is the the realization or understanding that everything within our existence there's not really a self at the center of that so there's not like a the ego that we feel is the thing that's running our existence that this this is in itself is just an appearance this body these feelings these thoughts these memories this kind of uh, uh sensory awareness that i have uh Usually we think that there's a me behind this that is experiencing all this. Um, but in reality, uh, when we look at closely at it, we just see that it's just a process. This body isn't really owned by anyone. Thoughts, memories, all this stuff just comes and goes. So as part of a Buddhist practice, we're trying to uh, understand this and look at it as much as we possibly can and sort of see that what we take as an ego, as a self, is just this passing phenomena. And so the question is, is, well, how do I, how do I, how do I understand that? And how do I use that in my practice? That was the, in essence, the question. Yeah. So it's, you know, it is, it is a bit of a, a deeper kind of uh, uh, insight that you're trying to go for. So sometimes sometimes it it can be confusing it's like well what do you mean i'm not me of course i'm me you know i'm here what do you mean i'm not me um you can have all these kinds of confusion about it um doesn't sort of make sense i've always felt that i was me um so it's not something that you necessarily get straight away you can sort of think about it you can reflect on it but it's like oh sort of get it i don't really get it um, but it is something, the more that you practice with it, the more you actually start to, uh, start to, it starts to become a little bit clearer. And so the question is, is how do you actually do that? You know, there's a lot of different ways to, to do this. Uh, the, you know, the main way is, uh, the, you know, the most standard kind of way is what the Buddha taught of how to, how to reflect on this. 
reflect on these different aspects of our experience. You know, say, for example, the body. Uh, say, for example, the feelings that we have, the memories, the perceptions, the thoughts, um, this uh, feeling of awareness of sensory input. And we can ask our, you know, we can sort of just reflect on that and ask ourselves is, you know, this thing that I think is a body, is this me? Is this mine? Is this, and if you think, well, yes, it's mine. And if we think, well, if it's mine, you know, can I control this thing? These thoughts that I have, you know, if I think this is mine, can I control it? And most of the time, say for example, with the body, it's like, well, you can't really control it, it just does what it does. Obviously, if I want to move my hand, I think I can move my hand. But you don't even really know how that happens if you look at it closely. It's like, how do you actually move your hand? It's, it's actually, it's, it's amazing to actually think about. It's like, how do I move my hand? I don't know. Um, so we can see that actually so many things in our existence are not under our control. Um, that it is just something that comes and goes. So say, for example, with our thoughts, our thoughts just come and go. And memories that we have, they come, they appear, and then they disappear. And so if it's something that's continually changing all the time and appearing and disappearing and the body's just always changing and the feelings that we have are always changing, there's nobody that really owns that thing. There's no me that is like the center that can control it all. I can't control my body not getting older. I can't control like... You know, I don't have much, but I'm starting to, if anybody notices, I'm starting to go bald. I can't control that. It's just happening. I'm starting to get the, what are they called? The, like the crow's feet or whatever they are. I'm starting to get there. I can't control it. Um, so we continue to look at our existence in this way and think that there's nobody there. There's nobody actually control it, controlling it. And this is, we can start to get a bit of a understanding about what, the Buddha meant when he talked about not self. Is this whole thing that I think usually think is me? Uh, it's not really. There's not really a controller there. There's not really. There's not really a self there that owns this experience. It just is experience. All this that we actually experienced is just a simple. Like it's just a process, and it's a process that's being combined together. And the more closely we scrutinize it, we start to realize. That these things are just things that are causally dependent on each other and they, you know, arise together and interact with each other. But the more we look at it, the more we start to realize that that, that connection starts to break down. We just see it as this sort of process that continues to go along. So, you know, this is probably the one of the main ways that we, you know, try to understand not self. There's, there's other, there's other ways when we can sort of look at, look at the kind of, this feeling of a me, uh, you can sort of do it in meditation. You try to think, well, what's, what, are, what is this thing that I think is me? What is this thing that I think is I? And just sort of always going back and trying to investigate that and using that as a, as a center of attention. So, you know, there's many different ways to do it, but the, in essence, though, it does take time. It's something that is, it's a little bit confusing. So, uh, you just have to be patient with it. You have to, you have to keep coming back to it. And a lot of the times you'll go, you know, is this body me? And, you know, all, all it'll, all you'll do is go, no, it's not me. And so what? Uh, so you just have to keep coming back to it. And the more, 
calm that we can build in the mind, the deeper that insight can actually become. So the more calm the mind is, we can start to see that the thoughts, they sort of move and appear and disappear. And, you know, this thing, this inner voice I was talking about, this inner voice that I think is me, it just like comes and goes. There's nobody really actually controlling it. So the calmer the mind becomes, the more you can see that process. And, you know, the more you can start to realize it's, well, there's no real sort of self in it that is a permanent entity. So... Yeah, that's, there's a lot of ways to do it, but that's probably one of the big ones. So. Does that make sense, or is it even more confusing? <laughs> if there's no more questions from the floor, mm. we just got another question yeah, yeah, from sure. online, if that's all right. Yep. Um, hi Ajahn, thanks for tonight. I've been practicing Buddhism for a few months and want to take my practice further. Hmm. Um, should I take refuge in the Triple Gem? If so, when is the right time? Well, you know, like it's, it really is sort of up to you. If, you. if you do think, if you do think this is something that's going to help you and this is something that actually means something to you, um, and you think if you do this, it will give you this kind of uh, sense of meaning and sense of belonging, and that you're actually taking, that you're actually, you know, leaning into something that you think is worthwhile and useful. Then you know that you know it's a good thing to do. Um, if you're still not totally sure of it, you know that's fine as well. You don't, you know, really like have to. Um, but if you do have this kind of feeling in your heart of like well okay I've, I've you know I've been listening to the Buddhist teachings I've been reading I have been doing some practice I, I'm starting to realize that or I'm starting to understand that you know some there's something quite special about these teachings I think there's something you know I think there's something uh, special about the Buddha and the way that he taught and the path of practice and and the whole the whole lineage of people that have been practicing uh, and I find that you know something that that's something that I can that I can really see as as a some sort of source of inspiration. Then I think it's you know that's a it's fine if you want, if you want to take refuge in the Buddha Dhamma Sangha then that's yeah that's, that's a great thing. Um, but you know if you're not ready for it don't you know you don't just do it just because it's like well that's what'll make me a Buddhist. You know, I'm not really a Buddhist until I do that thing. Like, it's not really, you know, it's not totally necessary. You know, you do it when you feel the time is right to do it. Um, and, but, you know, in essence, if you just keep practicing, keep practicing, you'll know when the time is right. You'll have this kind of feeling of a longing of, okay, I, I really need to do this now. Um, you know, I really am sort of more serious about it. Um, you know, and so, you know, the, so the question, the next question becomes was, like, how do I do that? And, you know, you can, you can do it anyway. Like you can, you, you can just sort of sit at home and sort of sit down and take a few moments out and uh, really just think in your heart and sort of believe and, uh, you know, tell yourself in your heart that, you know, this, uh, I think the Buddha, there's something, there's something about the Buddha that I, his uh, the his exemplary nature. I think that this is uh, a profound and powerful being. 
um, an insightful being, uh, an enlightened being. I, um, you know, I think the Buddha, for me, my, the Buddha is my refuge, and you can do this with the Dhamma as well. The Dhamma is a very profound teaching. I, I take refuge in the Dhamma. You can think for yourself. Uh, you know, the, the Sangha is some is a is a whole community of people that have practiced this and are a good example for me to follow. And so I take refuge in that. So you can just you can do it yourself. Uh, you can do it yourself in your own mind and set up your own mind to do it. When I did it for the first time, I I just did it myself. I I didn't know there was another way to do it. I just I was like, oh, okay, it's in the book. That's <laughs> I'll. <laughs> I'll sit here and I'll do it. Like so, I didn't. I didn't really know. I didn't really know that you. There's like specific formulas and ways that you can do this. I just did it myself, um, and it you know sort of worked out for me. Okay, like it's, yeah. <laughs> so you know, so you can do that. But then there's also there's also something very beautiful and very nice if you you are in, involved in some kind of community. And you come to like a temple or a monastery or a Buddhist center or something and uh, you ask for well, the refuge and you sort of externalize it. Um, there is something powerful about that as well. Um, so, you know, if you ever get the opportunity to go and do that, then that's, you know, go and do that. But yeah, really, you know, the, you know, the Buddha actually said, you know, you know, what actually is a true refuge and a true refuge is something that you sort of hold in your heart. It's not this external, it's not this external thing that you have to go and get. Um, this is something that you hold within yourself. A refuge is something that helps you um, in, in times of, in good times and in bad times. So it's not something that you can get from outside anyway. It's something internal that you actually you hold on to and believe in. So if that is already in your heart, then that's, you know, that's the thing that's already in your heart. So there's you know, no specific need to go out and do it externally. But if you do want to do it, then, you know, come, come do it. I'll do it for you if you like. Come here and I'll do it. That's fine. <laughs> so. So the question is, just for anybody online, uh, is there a connection between non-self and a soul? Are they the same thing? Are they a different thing? So in essence, uh, non. so this feeling of self that we have, this feeling of I, the feeling of subjective experience, this sort of feeling of me sort of in the back of my mind there, a lot of the times we might take this to be a self or we might even call it a soul at some point, this, you know, the real me that's in there. Um, so in the Buddhist teaching of not-self, in essence what we're, what we're sort of getting at there with that is that, you know, this thing that even I think that there's like a kind of soul or a self there, because we have this kind of feeling if there's a soul or a self, it's like it's this permanent thing that never changes. It's like I am the same me that I was when I was a little kid and I was the same sort of person I was when I was, you know, five years ago, ten years ago. I feel that I'm the same kind of person. So that would sort of be my soul kind of thing. So in essence, what Buddha says, the uh, Buddhist, the non-self doctrine actually says is that that's 
that thing that we think is a self or a soul is just merely a process. It's a process that keeps changing. So, you know, the self you thought you were when you were three years old is not the self that you think you are now. You know, if I was still the same self I was when I was three years old, I'd, like, I'd still be drawing on the walls and all these kinds of things. So even this very deep innermost feeling of I'm me, I'm this self, this is just something that's always changing. And if it's something that's always changing, you can't really say that it's a permanent entity. So we usually conceptualize the soul as this permanent thing that never changes, and this is the thing that goes to heaven after death or whatever it is. And we think it's this unchanging thing. But so the Buddhist, what we'll say is like, no, no, this is something that just always changes. And if something always changes, how can that be a continuous entity? How can that be an entity if it's something that always just continually changes? So... In essence, what not-self means is this thing that we think is like comparable to a soul. It's just another changing process. So, in essence, Buddhists would say that, you know, this thing that we think is a soul is just a process. It's not this, it's not this solid entity that we think it is. So, uh, a lot of people uh, infer this to mean that, well, Buddhists think that we don't have a soul or we don't have a self or we don't have one of these things that we go, no, 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 it's, we, you know, there's still, obviously there's still a feeling of a self there. You know, I still feel like me. I still wander around in the world and I sort of think and I, I have all these memories and I think, yeah, they're mine. But what Buddhists will sort of more, we're trying to get at is that this thing that we think is this permanent entity of this soul, it's just a changing process. So there's nothing really in it that you can grab onto and go, yep, that thing is me, because that thing is always changing. So does that make sense? Or? Yeah, yeah, I'm just like putting into it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's the. Uh, and that's a, and that's a difficult that's a sort of like a difficult question that's an even even more difficult question that you sort of get on top of that is like well what is the thing that transmutes from birth to another death and all these kinds of things and and you know the the kind of simple answer to that is oh, you know I don't really know um, it's it's a it's a really difficult question the Buddha didn't really answer it either um, uh, the Buddha more talked about that there's continual causes causes and conditions that are arising and so you know what is the thing that transmutes to the next birth don't really know but it's this causal process just like saying that you know i'm i'm like again i'm not the same person i was when i was three years old but there's some sort of connection there i went under anesthesia for a period of time and i sort of it was I lost this kind of period, but there's some kind of connection there in some way. I go to sleep every night, and you know the thing that I think is me drops away, and I wake up the next morning, and there's some kind of connection there. So the actual transmutation of something between lives is that you know I, I don't really get exactly what it is, but it's uh, according to the Buddhist doctrine there is some kind of causal conditioning there that keeps sort of rolling on so yeah so it's 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 hard thing to wrap your head around so okay well if 
you, you, the, the thought is, okay, well, there must be a soul because there must be something that moves between death and birth and all these kinds of things in different, you know, different realms. But it's like, well, you know, you know, sort of a, a counter argument to that is that, well, you know, it's not even the same thing that moves through this life. This thing that I think I am when I'm three years old and the thing that I think I am now is not the same thing. So how could it be the same thing when it moves to another life? You know, the thing that I thought was me a month ago is not me now. So let alone, let alone, you know, you know, after death and whatever happens then. So it's, yeah, it's, again, it's these kinds of things keep me up at night a lot. So it's, it's don't, don't worry. <laughs> if I had a good answer for it, I, you know, I, I probably wouldn't be around. So. <laughs> Sorry, it didn't make any more sense, but <laughs> yeah, Hi. yeah. Um, I was just thinking about what you said before about there being no self, mm. and, like I'm conflicted between that and like what you said about calming the mind. Mm. Like, if it's if it's recognised that there's no self, mm. then doesn't that mean like there wouldn't be a mind there to uh, calm in the first place? Mm. So Yeah. Seems like it's a contradiction. Yeah. And then also like then saying yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's so again again all it's all it's really saying is the thing that we think it is is not really the thing that we think it is. So the thing that we think is a me, is a self, is not really the, the thing that we think it is. It's still there. So this thing, you know, this uh, this feeling of, of having a mind and having a body, that's still there. But it's just not the thing that we think it is. So actually, you know, we still, there is still some, again, causes and conditions that sort of lead it in different ways now. And we can sort of nudge this in, in different ways of like trying to sort of calm the mind to some point. Um, and... You know, calm the mind to some point to actually sort of realize this process, but the process is still going on. So the process isn't going to stop until you eventually pass away. So whether you're whether you are a self or whether you're not self, it you know sort of doesn't really matter. The process is still happening anyway. You still have a mind. You still you still have thoughts there. You still have thoughts that move in a particular kind of way. Your thoughts still have memories that appear there. These memories and thoughts, these are things that can sort of, that can, you know, annoy you or cause you suffering or cause you happiness or cause you joy. These things are all still there whether you have a self or you don't have a self. So this process of calming the mind through something like meditation is just sort of allowing you to get a bit of a break from that and allowing the mind to sort of calm down so you can actually, in essence, start to realize this process. Because the more that you're sort of in the world and you're sort of bumping up against things and you're, you know, the... Um, uh, you're interacting in the world in different ways and it's like okay well I see this thing I like it I don't like it I 
I like this thing, I don't like that thing. Again, this is just sort of reifying the sense of self and we're sort of attaching to it more and more and more. And what this process of doing meditation and sort of calming the mind down is sort of loosening that attachment to this felt sense of self. So it's, you know, obviously, yeah, it does seem like a bit of a contradiction that, you know, well, if there's no self there, there's nothing there to calm down. Like, you know, it's obviously it's a contradiction. But it's more, it's more about, well, yeah, there's no self there, but most of the time there does feel like there's a self. So how do you get closer to realizing this thing that is not self? You know, you, again, so you do the meditation and you try to calm the mind down and you start to realize the process a little bit more. And so eventually what you want to get to the point of is that you're able to calm the mind down so much you can just always see this process happening. And then there is no sort of real reason to try to try to calm the mind down. You'll just be able to see this thing at all times. You'll be able to see that this is a changing phenomena at all times. So, yeah, it's it's it is a bit of a it can be seen like a bit of an oxymoron. It can seem like a bit of a paradox, but you know, it's it's just something. You know, the more you know, the more you try to do it, then you know, the more you see it, and the more you actually start to go. Well, actually, yeah, look. Most of the time it does feel like I have a self anyway. And so this self that I have, I may as well try to use it in a way that uh, brings me calm, brings me peace, brings me happiness. And the more I can do that through something like meditation, the more I can actually start to see that this thing that I think is a self is just a changing process. So again, we're just sort of regressing and going into like an infinite loop here kind of thing. But does that make sense or does that make it even worse? Uh, yeah. yeah, to a point. Okay. Maybe time for one more question. We're sort of end of the night. Any takers? No. Okay. Well, thanks for thanks for coming. Thanks for asking interesting questions. I I like questions about non-self. I'm just not usually good at them at like nine o'clock at night. I'm starting to get tired. <laughs> so yeah, hopefully I didn't confuse you anymore. Hopefully you had a good meditation tonight. And yeah, well, uh, again, if anybody wants to come to the Friday night sessions, they're on uh, next Sunday. There's a talk. Chikwang Sinim is giving a talk on Sunday. It's quite nice. And yeah, that's uh, probably about it. So thanks again. So and we'll. Oh, and the Saturday meditation, yes, sorry. Yep, Saturday meditation day. Yeah, the program on the wall. So, okay, thanks, have a good night.